Welcome to our sermon podcast here at City of Light Anglican Church. We are a new church in Aurora, Illinois, finding a new day in Jesus. We want to see the light of Jesus rise and shine in our hearts, in our homes, and in our neighborhoods. Thanks for joining us for today's message from Father Trevor. I don't know if you've been like me, but during this stay-at-home uh, process, I've been waking up not knowing what day it is. <laughs> My first thoughts are, wait, what day of the week is it? What's going on? And uh, time has been very strange uh, over the last few weeks. Is it, is it really just been one week since Easter? Has it really been six weeks of doing our service online? Uh, has, it, has it really been going on like this for this long? Um, the first part of our reading this morning starts on Easter Sunday. It starts last week, and then the second part of our reading starts with this week. So um, if you look at John chapter 20, verse 19, it says, On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them. That's the evening of Easter Sunday, the very first uh the very first Sunday of celebrating the resurrection after Jesus um, raises from the dead. And then um, there at verse 24 in John 20, it says, Now Thomas wasn't with them um, when Jesus came on that first Easter Sunday. The disciples told him, we've seen the Lord. But he says, unless I see the nail marks in his hand and put my finger where the nails were and put my hands into his side, I will not believe. So a week later, Thomas does gather with all the rest of the disciples and um, with Jesus comes and is with them um, there in the upper room. So there's a week between these two parts of the, of the reading. And you know, every, every Sunday since then, since that Easter Sunday, since that very next week when they celebrated the one week anniversary of Easter Sunday, Every single Sunday since then, the followers of Jesus have gathered together to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. Easter Sunday is not only something we celebrate once a year, this great feast of Easter, this festival, holy day that we celebrate, um, but it actually turns into an an entire season in our church uh, Christian calendar. And it's called the season of Easter, or sometimes uh, we use the older word for that, Easter tide. Tide's just kind of an older way of saying the season that comes after, that what comes in the wake of a great festival. And we celebrate that for 40 days until that point where Jesus is ascends into heaven to be back with the Father, and then 10 days later is Pentecost. So for the next weeks until uh, May 24th when we celebrate Ascension Sunday, May 31st when we celebrate Pentecost, we're in this season of Eastertide. A friend of mine said, well, it's not Easter tide anymore, it's Corona tide. I said, no, 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 we, it, it's not going to get in the way. <laughs> this is Easter tide. This is the season that we celebrate the resurrection. And we don't just celebrate it for one feast day. We don't just celebrate it for one season. But we celebrate it every Sunday that we gather together. Every Sunday is a day of resurrection. A day where we say, Christ is risen. Alleluia. The Lord is risen indeed. And not just every day either, or every Sunday either, but it's, it's an everyday reality. That every day when the sun rises, 
we can remember the true reality that Jesus is alive. So someone I think just texted that we're having a little bit of a lag between the audio and the video. So I'm gonna to switch to our, this our backup camera here. So there, let me get back in the, in the middle here. Hopefully that'll be a little bit better for you all. I want you to think about a big day in your life, a day that you were excited about, that was gonna be joyful, and what it felt like to wake up on that morning, that Christmas morning sort of feeling of, it's happening, today's the day. Uh, maybe it's, uh, you could think back to a day like a wedding day or a graduation. You wake up and you go, it's happening today. And you savor that moment and then you jump out of bed excited for what the day is going to bring. I remember that feeling on my wedding day. Oh, I get to marry her today. I remember that feeling uh, not too many months ago when my family woke up. It was 5 a.m. It was dark outside. It was cold outside. But we knew that in about nine hours, we would be on the beach in Mexico. And so we hopped out of bed and we jumped to it and we got ready. Today's the day, we're so excited. What about a day when something really hard was gonna happen? When you knew you had to move out of that house or you knew you had to have that really hard conversation or deliver that really bad news at work? something really challenging was going to happen and did you just lie in bed and go, I don't want to do today. I don't know how to do today. I was talking with a friend a few weeks ago and he just said, are you having a hard time getting out of bed? I said, yeah, yeah, I am. I said, me too. It's, it's been really hard. I think we're all dealing with some sort of low level depression at everything that's changed and we've lost and all of the relationships that are just harder to connect to. Maybe not low level, maybe it's mid or high level for you. And we wake up in the morning and we go, can I do it today? Can I do it again? What day even is it and what does it matter? The other day I woke up, um, uh, two days ago, and I forgot for a minute that we were in the middle of a global pandemic. And then, it came rushing back and that was, that felt bad. <laughs> it felt lousy. <laughs> what a difference that first thought of the day makes, doesn't it? What if, especially now, when we woke up in the morning and we saw that there was a new day dawning, our first thought was, Alleluia. Christ is risen. Every Sunday, every day, every sunrise is another celebration that Jesus has defeated death and the world will never be the same and the world will end differently now. Every single day we're reminded of that. And I, I sometimes wonder and think maybe God created the world so that we live on an earth that revolves around the sun so that every single day leading up to Jesus, people could go, yes, but there's a new day coming. Yes, but the glory of the Lord will dawn upon us. And so that every day since Jesus, we could go, it has. Jesus has risen. He is alive. And that changes how I experience my day. That changes every single day of my life. When I can wake up and go, Alleluia, Christ is risen. Whatever this day might bring, he's alive. And because he's alive,
All who believe in him are empowered by him and live with his authority and with his presence. Because Jesus is risen, there's power and authority for those who believe that we can get up to a new day, that we can get out of bed, that we can get out of our comfort zones, that we can get out of our heads, that we can get out of that pattern of coping with everything that really is just checking out, that we can get out of that addiction or that sin, that we can do way more than we think we can because Jesus is alive. Praise the Lord. Let's look at verse 22 in this passage. Jesus comes to them, this is on Easter evening, and he says, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Jesus is giving his disciples and us the same power that raised him from the dead that morning. Hours before this, there is no breath in Jesus' lungs. And the Holy Spirit comes and fills his lungs with new resurrection breath. The Holy Spirit who was over the waters in the beginning of creation. The Holy Spirit that is God's breath breathed into the first man and the first woman, Adam and Eve. The same Holy Spirit that was prophesied in Ezekiel when the dry bones are filled with the breath. The same breath that comes into Jesus' dead, uh, breathless body and gives him breath again, Jesus then breathes on his followers. Can you believe it? Praise the Lord. The Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is alive and at work in you and in me. Jesus breathes on his disciples. Receive the Holy Spirit. Last summer, I decided that we needed to cut down 25 or 30 large bushes that were all around the front and outside of our house. They were blocking the sun in the windows. They didn't look great. Um, you couldn't really see the house from the road. Um, you can look at a before and after picture and you're like, is there a house back there somewhere in the woods, in the pine forest? Um, so I started to cut these down and they were really hard. It was not easy to saw through these. And I was using a handsaw because that's what I had. And I thought, I, there's no way I can do this. Um, cut down the tree, cut down the branch. Oh, how many times am I going to have to? And so I went to uh, Home Depot and I said, can I rent a chainsaw? And they're like, oh, you don't want a chainsaw. Go to Harbor Freight and buy this, this saw that's going to be better if you have to cut roots in the dirt. Okay. So I, I went and did that. Thanks, Home Depot. And, um, and I got to a branch that I was in the middle of cutting and I'd given up on. And I, I plugged the saw in and it just went <laughs> done. Turns out that uh, the electrical power of a power saw is greater than the power of my arm. Um, I, as an important thing I learned. And you know what? I would have concluded, this is too big of a project for me. I, don't, I can't do this. It's, it's too much work. It'll take forever. I'll never be done. I'm tired. Um, who, who cares about the light not coming through the window? Who cares that you can't really see the house? Who cares that there's not enough yard space? to really walk around or play in, I would, have just, I would have just given up. This isn't possible for me. How often do we come to things in our lives and just conclude, 
Jesus isn't alive in this place. His resurrection power is not possible here. I've been trying on my own and that's not enough. That's the only option. I just, I'm, I'm, I can't do it. It's not possible. And we live in our daily lives as if there was no resurrection of Jesus. As if he didn't come to us and breathe on us the breath that raised him from the dead. And we live like it's all up to us. Peter talks about this in the passage that Pastor Eduardo read from 1 Peter. And the really, I love, this happens often in our church lectionary, but this is one of my favorite times where we read a passage in the gospel where John's telling us what happened because John was there in that room with Jesus, but so is Peter. And this is Peter now thinking back about that day when the resurrected Jesus came into the room. And this is Peter thinking about that. And so he talks about the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead that gives us a living hope, that gives us an inheritance that lasts forever, that's in heaven waiting for us. He talks about the Holy Spirit being at work within us, the Spirit of Christ. And he says in verse 5, Because you believe that God is alive, the power of God is working in you to shield you. From what? Well, Peter's writing to someone who's suffering to churches that are suffering. He says in verse six, in all this you can rejoice even though for a little while you've had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. Now when you're in the trial, and I'm sure to the people Peter was writing to, it didn't feel like a little while. In the trial, in the grief and the things you have to suffer, you lose all sense of time and proportion. That's part of what grief and trial and suffering does. So Peter's not belittling what they're going through but he's offering an eternal perspective. He's doing something with time here. He's saying, because Jesus died, and Peter's like, I was there, I saw him die, but because he rose again and I was there, I saw him alive, we know that he's alive now and he's with us in our suffering and his power is working through us. And we know that our suffering will end and we'll be with him one day in heaven where his inheritance is waiting for us. And so right now in the midst of it, Peter says, you can rejoice. Though these um, things are happening, it may result in glory and honor when Christ is revealed. In all this, though you suffer for a little while, you can greatly rejoice. In all this, you can be filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. Why? Because you have faith that Christ is alive with you now and he will be again. He says, though you have not seen him, you know him. Even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and you are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. It's Peter directly quoting what John says, Jesus said, blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. When we believe, when we awake, awaken to faith in the resurrected Jesus, we're filled with the power of the spirit in the midst of our suffering, that we can make it through are suffering because Jesus is alive. Verse 21 in John 20, Jesus says, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Someone reminded me of our Ash Wednesday scripture passage where um, Paul says we are ambassadors of Christ Jesus. 
where we are sent by him as though he's making his appeal through us, where we go with the authority of the embassy of the kingdom of heaven. And here Jesus says the same thing. He says, just as the father sent Jesus with the authority of the father, so Jesus sends us with his authority. The word for send throughout the New Testament is uh, apostello, apostle. We're all sent as apostles. We have the message of Jesus. And look what he says next. If you forgive anyone's sins, they're forgiven. If you do not forgive, they're not forgiven. What's Jesus talking about here? Is he saying we somehow have power to forgive people's sins? Well, no, that power rests with Jesus, with his death and his sacrifice. Hebrews tells us that Jesus is the great high priest who is both the priest and the offering. And because Jesus has made a sacrifice for our sins, we are forgiven through his power alone. But what does he do with that power? He gives it to his church. He gives it to his people that we have the authority of God to announce to others that they can be forgiven of their sins. He's giving a priestly vocation here to every single person who would follow him. In the Old Testament, in the Old Covenant, the priest could once a year go and make a sacrifice for the forgiveness of sins on behalf of the people. But now in the New Covenant, every single follower of Jesus can proclaim that Christ's sacrifice once and for all can be the forgiveness of sins to all those who believe. It's been a confusing time in our country when it comes to authority. We see different governmental agencies giving different recommendations, sometimes sending different messages and different information. And this last week, we've seen uh, arguments between uh, federal government and state governments over who gets to decide what. We also see conversations about citizens and whether governments can invite citizens or mandate that citizens stay home. And people are going back to the Constitution and kind of pouring over it. Who has that authority? Are they given that authority by the Constitution? Are they executing it in the way the Constitution intended? Very confusing. Every single follower of Jesus has been given the authority of God to announce the forgiveness of the sins of all who believe. You have that authority. Nobody else does, but you and other followers of Jesus. You have the authority to go to the people in your household and proclaim the forgiveness of sins for all who believe. You have the authority to go to people in your neighborhood, people in your work, and preach the gospel to them. You have that authority from Jesus himself, who has it from the Father. I think, I think what God wants to teach us during this COVID-19 season is the authority of every believer to be a priest, to be a pastor, to be an evangelist, to proclaim the gospel, to say, as for me in my house, we will serve the Lord. Before all this happened, sometime in January, um, if you can try to remember back then, I can't, but apparently uh, the royal family in Great Britain made an announcement, uh, a startling, uh, scandalous announcement that Prince Harry and his wife, Meghan Markle, would be abdicating their royal titles as prince and sixth in line to the throne. They'd be stepping back as senior members of the royal family. And that, that idea of abdication, 
Um, it, it hasn't really ever happened before except for one other time. And that was right before World War II. And if you've watched The Crown, like me, then you're an expert on this. Um, but it happened when, um, after ruling for less than one year, Edward VIII became the first English monarch ever in uh, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years of having a king uh, or queen on the throne. He abdicated that position and was actually um, exiled. They, they sent him away. They sent him out of the country. It all happened right before World War II. And so his, he leaves behind his identity, his inheritance, his family, his duty, his contribution to seeing his country through um, what would be one of the most trying times in the history of England. And people were so disappointed in him. and They, they never forgave him for that disloyalty. So often we abdicate, we abdicate our authority as heirs in the inheritance of Jesus. We abdicate our position in the family of God. We abdicate our authority as apostles, as sent ones with the message of the gospel. So often we just, we just don't take it up. We don't live in that identity. We don't exercise that power. I think I think the Holy Spirit wants to use this time to teach us again what it means that every single believer is a pastor to those in their life who do not know the Lord, that you are a priest in your neighborhood, that you are the worship leader of your household, that you are the evangelist on your block, that you are the apostle looking for what the Holy Spirit is doing and ready to join him there, that you are the teacher who thinks about how can I communicate the gospel to those around me? As the Father sent Jesus, so he sends you with all the authority of the resurrection and of the gospel. We are a kingdom of priests. And the only reason I ever sometimes am called a priest is so that it would help all of us live like priests. Because Jesus has risen. There's authority for those who he sends. There's power to live the resurrection. Jesus in verse 29, says to all those present, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. And then Peter says, though you've not seen him, you love him. Though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. The resurrection is real every day. We can live in the power and the authority of Jesus. And we do it because we have experienced him now. Because we have experienced that he is alive and with us now. This whole passage starts with, the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of religious leaders. They were in their own kind of lockdown. And it happened once and then it happened the very next week that Jesus came and stood among him. Jesus comes and stands with them in the room. Praise the Lord. Have you experienced that? Have you experienced a moment where you just knew Jesus is with me? He's with me. I can't see him, but I believe. And in faith, I know he is here. Have you experienced that this last 
Holy Week. Or these last five or six weeks as we've been doing this from our homes, have you experienced the risen Jesus with you? I've heard so many stories from you of the way Jesus has comforted, has been present, has inspired prayers, the way the Holy Spirit has given words of knowledge or made connections or, or brought someone to care for you or brought you to care for somebody. So many stories are being shared of this. Maybe Holy Week was a hard season for you. Maybe these last six weeks have been really hard and you don't feel like you've connected with Jesus and you've been present with Jesus. You feel like you missed out. You feel like Thomas. I wonder why Thomas wasn't there that first night. Everyone else was there. He wasn't there. Was he just too overwhelmed? Seeing his friend die, being afraid for his life, was he just, was it just too much? Could he just not get up out of bed that day? Was he filled with fear? Was he filled with doubt? Was he, was he just not filled with faith? But then he hears. He hears that Jesus is alive. He hears the stories. He, he hears the other disciples go, no, no, we touched his scars. We touched his side. We, we saw him. He's alive. And Thomas goes, I want that. He says, I want to see him. I want to know Jesus. I, I want what you guys say. I want to I know. I want to be in the room. And so the next Sunday, he was there. He came. He came with some faith. He showed up. And Jesus came. And Jesus came right to Thomas, whom he loved, whom he missed. And he goes, your turn? He doesn't shame him or belittle him. He says, no, no, you get me too. And so do you. If you'll ask for it, if you'll show up and wait on Jesus, I promise you, he's alive. I've met him and he will come to you. And he will say, blessed are you who have believed when you haven't seen with your eyes, but you've seen with the eyes of your heart. Though you have not met him, you know him. If you have never believed in Jesus and given your life to him, you can do that today. You can respond in faith that Jesus is alive, that he has died to forgive your sins, that he's the son of God, that you can follow him as Thomas did and say, my Lord and my God, my leader, my savior, my shepherd, my provider, I will follow you. Thomas gave his life for Jesus. You can give your life to Jesus today. And maybe you've done that before, but you're living parts of your life like Jesus isn't alive. As if the resurrection isn't true, as if he hasn't sent you in his authority, as if his power and the power of the resurrection isn't available in your life, as if he's not there in the room with you. And you can repent of that and confess that to Jesus and say, fill me with faith. Jesus, I need to see you and know you. If you've been waking up and saying, I can't do this. I can't do another day. I can't fight sin for another day. I can't engage in this relationship again. I can't 
engage in this hurt that I'm feeling again. I can't, I can't uh, forgive this person again. That thing in your life that feels more powerful than the Holy Spirit, that feels like it has authority over you, not Jesus, that feels like it's more real than the presence of Jesus in that room. You can be free of that today. Come and see the nail marks in his hand. Come and put your hand in his side. Jesus is alive. Every Easter is followed by Pentecost, where the Holy Spirit comes. Every announcement of Alleluia, Christ is risen, is followed by go forth into the world in peace. And every day, every new sunrise, every morning when we open our eyes, we can say, Alleluia, Christ is risen. And the presence of the risen Jesus is in the room with us and we can know and believe and love him. And the power of the resurrected Jesus is in us so we can rejoice even in the midst of suffering. And we can say, Alleluia, Christ is risen, and know that we have the authority to witness to the resurrection to those who have never known Jesus in the room with them. Blessed are those who have not seen, but who have believed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. May you be filled with the power, authority, and joy of the resurrection today. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thanks for listening to this podcast from City of Light Anglican Church. We'd love to hear from you. You can find us online at cityoflightanglican.org. And now, may the light of Jesus scatter the darkness from before your path. Thank you.